Good morning, good afternoon, good night. Welcome to episode 134 of Craft Heads Podcast. This is the podcast where my lifelong friend of 22 years, Tommy, and I uh, sit and have a crafty beverage of some kind, whether it's a cocktail, base spirit, beer, wine, what have you, and talk about a particular topic or just generally bullshit. Um, if you listened to episode 133, uh, Tommy is indeed moving back to Atlanta, and we're going to get back on a regular recording schedule starting in the new year because he won't. He bought a house and moved in, but he's not like coming back for good until the very end of the month. So it's December 14th. We still have the holidays ahead of us. Looking forward to all that. But uh, what I'm also looking forward to is welcoming back Jake Kurtz to the show. Uh, I'm not going to say all the episode numbers that he's been on, because he's been on so many at this point, uh, suffice to say he was last on episode 129, which was NFTs, the the new series of episodes, not financial advice. And this is now episode number two. So welcome back, Jake. Cool, man. Thanks for having me. This is a, it's a fun series to talk about. Definitely. Honestly, I thought we were going to be doing it more often, but um, uh, Jake and I sort of, we're hot and cold with financial stuff. Like we'll go through a period where we text 20 times a day about like what stocks were doing and crypto and NFTs or whatever. And then he and I specifically might not touch base on financial stuff for two weeks. So that's yeah. probably why we haven't done as many. And I know Jake's been very busy with his business, but um, we'll, we'll get the, the important part out of the way, of course, uh, our drinks. Uh, Jake, what did you bring this cool. evening? So I decided to go a little holiday themed this time and I got, um, I got a spiked eggnog over here. And Very it's nice. spiked with uh, High West bourbon, which is out of Park City, Utah. And I also, just to make it a little bit more interesting, I added like a little splash of cold brew to it because I thought that might be a good mix in there. And it's actually turned out real good. So big fan. Solid addition to your 7 p.m. cocktail coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I exactly. love it, dude. High West is awesome, by the way. I, I'm not sure if I may or may not have put it on the podcast before, but that's that's one of the better. Um, is it a bourbon or a whiskey? Um, I can look up the specifics, but I think it's a blend of different types of bourbon. Gotcha. Yeah. The, uh, the high West, I think it's called campfire is a really good one and it's a mix of whiskey, bourbon and scotch. So it's pretty peaty because anytime you mix scotch with something, it has a tendency to be a little stronger than the other stuff. But in general, high West makes really good stuff and the bottles are cool as hell. They're like, real. you can tell they're real crafty. Yeah, and uh, as a bonus to make it even more crafty, you'll like this. We used oat milk eggnog to make this. So oat milk eggnog didn't mm-hmm. didn't know such a thing existed, but I am utterly unsurprised. And I love oat milk. I have it's, it in the fridge. The oat milk eggnog is not nearly as good as regular eggnog. If you like eggnog mm-hmm. in the first place, um, I know it's one of those polarizing things that some people hate it, some people love it, but. Mixing it with alcohol, there's really not a huge difference anyway, because you get the yeah, overall that, taste of it. That's the thing. I feel like eggnog, if somebody doesn't like eggnog, that doesn't mean they won't like oat milk eggnog. That's a, a mouthful, because it, it might make it better for some people. It's just kind of gross for some people, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. So I actually just finished one beer, and I want to. I might as well shout both of them out, because... We went, Tara and I went to Tower last night, which if you live anywhere near Atlanta and you've never been to Tower and you're a drinker, then you're just insane. Uh, do yourself a favor and check them out. But they have a, just like the largest selection of basically every type of alcohol. It's a giant warehouse and really, really, they're, they're like the lowest prices around. But they also have a section with a lot of close out, 
like get this shit out of here beer. I never know why and I never ask questions. But for example, I got a four pack of this for $2. So it's either going to be trash or it was just good timing. This is um, Believe in Beer, Mob Craft Beer. I still don't even know who the actual brewer is. Thebottleshare.org. I'm just reading things off the can. And this is a fruited sour ale and it's oak barreled I'm sorry, oak barrel aged. So again, I just read a whole bunch of stuff. I still don't really know. I think maybe it's mob craft beer, but it is definitely uh, has Georgia peaches and Door County cherries. Another thing, I don't know what that is. So we're opening this up. There's a lot going on with that can. Oh, dude, and it's probably has a little something to do with the reason why it's $2 for a four pack. But uh, I don't know. I could be surprised. Yeah. And then the one that I, I, I started down that path and then just completely diverged. I finished a, let's see, high wire brewing. It was a four pack of 16 ounce beers for $5, which is a good deal, especially if it's a good beer. And it's mango. Wow which is a hilariously simple name, Imperial Golden Ale brewed with mangoes and vanilla. Ooh. And it was 9%. That sounds so like something I would like. It Not only was it really good, especially for the price point, but, you know, and again, it was on sale. 9%, you could get obliterated for like $2. Yep. <laughs> so anything with, I'm recommending that. Anything with mangoes, oranges, you know. And like vanilla. The, yeah, like yeah. that Blue Moon type of flavor, I'm always a big fan of. Yeah, so this this was quite good. I really enjoyed the mango wow, and I'm about to try a sip of the uh, the Believe in Beer Mobcraft. I guess that's what we're gonna call it, Believe in Beer. So, cheers! Thanks cheers. for joining. Mm. So the first thing I noticed, ooh, wow, <laughs> that's not a good, that's not a good face. <laughs> well, <it's, laughs> yeah, Jake can see me; nobody else can. But first thing I noticed whenever I put the glass up to my nose was the intensely sour aroma. But um, I've had worse sours, honestly, and I'm getting a lot more of the cherry than I am the peach. Uh, it was for $2. I'll drink literally anything. I don't know what it normally costs or where it's from, but overall, it's pretty, it's decent. You would hate it if you don't like sour ales. So I know those are sort of, um, those can be polarizing as well, but it's definitely very sour. Cool. Two polarizing drinks on this episode. Yes, indeed. I think um, friend and listener Alex would like this because he drinks sours like exclusively. It doesn't really drink beer outside of them. So actually, it tastes like one we had in Omaha. So those are the drinks. Thanks for joining, everybody. Uh, I want to get out a big disclaimer here for not financial advice. Aptly, everything we say is not financial advice. In fact, um, uh, I, I'll say I hate money and I like lighting it on fire and I love losing money. So if that's what you want, then go ahead and listen. But uh, kidding aside, not uh, recommending one way or another that you should or should not get involved in anything that we talk about. But we'll cover a little bit of crypto, cover a little bit of stocks, cover a little bit of um, NFTs. Obviously, we're in a very shitty bear market in all three of those uh, as of at least this evening on December 14th. So... Uh, definitely a time of uncertainty. I think a lot of people are holding on to their money, especially because of insane record high levels of inflation. So good times, just just in time for the holiday. But Jake, what have you been eyeballing lately? What have you been holding, et cetera? Yeah, I mean, are we gonna are we gonna do stocks first? Mm-hmm. Okay. Good yeah, idea. I mean, 
there's there's certain stocks that I'm just going to hold long term kind of no matter what. Like if I believe in the concept, you know, five or 10 years from now, I'm going to hold on to it no matter what. And one example of that would be something like DraftKings. So Mm -hmm. significantly down right now. Um, I think it's like twenty seven or twenty eight dollars right now, and I think I have it at like forty nine or something like that. So it's significantly down from where I got it. But I've just been buying a little bit more, and you know, I think as more and more states legalize sports betting, and it's just kind of a common thing in our country. I think DraftKings is going to be one of the leading players in that space, and then also in NFTs, they've also shown that they're kind of immediately hopping on these new trends and you know embracing them. So. Um, Definitely big on DraftKings. Um, what do you think about DraftKings? So I love it. Um, if I were to give advice, I would say I think DraftKings is a no-brainer, but I don't give financial advice. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. I also, full disclosure, I, any of these uh, securities that we talk about, uh, or certainly at least the ones that I am going to mention, I will let you know uh, as the listener whether or not I have it and if I'm up or down in it currently. And I have a lot of DraftKings, and I am down in it. I'm actually with Jake. I'm my average is uh, much higher than where it's at right now. But I'm just you know chipping away, averaging down a little bit. And I'm with Jake long term, like especially as more states loosen up the restrictions on online gambling and everything else. Because for anybody who isn't aware, DraftKings does um, you know everything from online poker and sports betting to, like he mentioned, NFTs. And it's all the NFTs are on Matic, which is Polygon, which is really solid. Actually, they have the, they probably have the the best uh, no-issue NFT platform I've ever, I've ever used, personally. So yeah. I think it's a, a really great long-term play. Yeah. Another one that I'm holding on to, um, and like you said, Alex, just to clarify, I'm... I'm holding these, but I'm not saying anybody else should do anything one way or the mm-hmm. other. So uh, Peloton is one that mm-hmm. is significantly down from where I entered into it. And I just think long term they're going to recover. Um, I think, you know, the company has pretty good leadership. I've looked into it a little bit before and um, they seem to be really smart anytime something negative happens to their brand like they kind of immediately jump on it and own it and then everybody ends up forgiving them for it so just seeing a couple of the big publicity things that have been negative and then they've come back from it um, that gives me confidence that they're pretty resilient in that way at least in the public eye which as we know drives the price up and down so pretty big on peloton um I echo basically everything you just said jake um i am down significantly in peloton And I just think it's incredibly stupid. It started primarily, like the big downturn started with all that crap about like a class action lawsuit because the like kids were getting injured and stuff. And I'm like, "Um, it's an exercise machine. Maybe you should not allow your kids access to that. But I'm not going to get into that whole can of worms, but I'm with you. There was a time, you know, six months ago when I would have killed to buy it for where it's at now, especially in the middle of COVID and I, I still don't think we're going 100% back to normal, literally ever. So I don't know. I It's it's down right now. Jake and I are both down, but Peloton's a good brand. And I it's one of those brands that I don't have one, but everybody who does have one is obsessed with them. So yeah, We have one and we're product. obsessed with it for sure. There you go. <laughs> and um, I mean, now that I'm really looking more in depth as we talk to my portfolio, really the only things that are up in my portfolio right now are things that I either bought like 
four years ago for dirt cheap or things that I bought dirt cheap during COVID. So really everything else is pretty much in the red. So, I mean, if I had to pull this money out anytime soon, I'd be sitting here panicking, but, um, right. you know, I'm feeling pretty good because I'm just going to keep buying stuff now and hold long term and, you know, I'm sure in six months we'll be talking a lot differently about the state of everything. So, Absolutely. I mean, in general, everything is on sale right now. I don't know if we're at the bottom. Nobody knows that. Um, you know, it's impossible to completely time the market, but it is just mind-blowing to me how how rough things look right now. And it just makes me wish I had another pile of money to, to pour into it because I'm, I'm always a believer in the long term, it doesn't matter what happens one one month or even, frankly, even six months or two years from now. Like I'm thinking, you know, if I want to pull out money in 15 years, what's it going to look like? So that's the way I think. If you don't think that way, then you know some of this stuff might not apply necessarily to you. But um, I, I agree. I, I like the ones that you just picked, Jake. Uh, do you have any others? And then I'll I'll also run down a, a long list, but I'm going to spend less time on each one. Um, I can take a look. Uh, you can, you can say some of yours and then I'll take a look deeper at my portfolio here in a second. Totally. So if I were to give advice, which I don't, some, <laughs> these are all uh, securities that I have and I think they're great. I'm going to put in quotes cause I don't actually mean safe. Uh, I think they're safe, uh, securities to put your money into, uh, Pfizer, PFE, Apple, AAPL, Microsoft, MSFT, uh, Starbucks, SBUX, Visa, V, Square, SQ, Affirm, AFRM, PayPal, PYPL, NVIDIA, NVDA, AMD, which is AMD, and Disney, which is DIS. So that was kind of like, I looked through, I have ridiculous portfolios. Like I, I actually... To be honest, I probably diverse, diversify a little bit too much, especially across my individual trading account and my my retirement uh, <clears throat> rollover IRA. But that's okay. I mean, the way it's it kind of gamifies everything for me. Which anybody who knows me, that would make perfect sense to them because on any given day, there's kind of like a one percent chance that something's going to jump twenty five percent just because of how many different positions I have. So I guess I enjoy that aspect of it. But all of those things that I mentioned. Um, I, I own, um, you know, something that I would call not like tiny positions, you know, at least like medium to large size positions in those, uh, at least relative to my own personal investing strategy. And they're just, those are all really solid names that might be worth keeping your eyes on. And honestly, the, the last one that I think this one is slightly more speculative, I guess, but not speculative if you're in the same camp that I am with what I think this company is doing, but BlackRock, um, they're buying up real estate and residential real estate at a freakish rate and have been like all throughout COVID and everything. And I'm pretty sure they're an evil company that's taking over the world. So I want a little bit of that money too. So uh, BlackRock investor class A shares, uh, those were the one, if you're listening to this, those would be the ones that you'd probably be buying, but it's a, they are a mutual fund. And in the case of um, BlackRock, you do need a minimum of a thousand to get into it, but then you can add whatever you want after that. But that's, that's one of those ones, Jake, where I'm like, okay, if I buy BlackRock now, what about whenever they own like 40% of residential real estate in the country, you know, 10 so years true. ago. So, true. <laughs> so, yep. That's, that was sort of my, um, that was my short quote 
safe list, not actually safe because I'm not giving advice. And then I have two much shorter lists for uh, a little bit more speculative plays. Did you hear anything in there that stuck out to you or stood out to you as particularly, you know, you agree with or whatever? Yeah, Nvidia I think was the mm. the big one that stuck out to me because not 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 a lot of people know that Nvidia is kind of the the backbone of a lot of things that happen with technology and um, a lot of the emerging things that are coming out. It's you know it's involved in a lot of things. So um, you know as the future evolves with you know AR VR you know video is obviously not going anywhere. I think Nvidia is obviously going to be a big part of all of that. And then a couple of other ones that um, that I'm a big fan of are PayPal. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, JP Morgan. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a big one for me. Really like Affirm. I know some people are split on if they like that one or not, but it's, you know, any, it's – basically betting on people buying stuff they can't afford. So I, I like that one personally. Um, and they had a partnership with Amazon a while mm-hmm. back that made it skyrocket. Um, I think Target, you'll see it on a, on a lot of different big retail websites. Um, so that's, I, I agree with Jake. I mean, it's, if you think that people are always going to buy things they can't afford, then that would benefit a firm. And a, a comment on JP Morgan, uh, won't mention any names, but somebody that I know well and I trust very much in the financial industry uh, says that they're the strongest bank in the world. So I'm like, all right, I like hearing that. Now, yeah. he said that about six months ago, but it probably still stands true. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then another one that you mentioned that I really like is Microsoft. That's been that's one that I've held for a very long time, and I, I'll probably just always keep buying more of it. Um, yeah, I think that's my oldest, actually. Me too. I think that and Apple are my oldest. Same here. And mm-hmm. it's funny because one of the reasons I wanted to jump on here and do this with you, not only because we haven't done it in a while and we needed to get an episode out, but I had a friend, um, uh, John, uh, he reached out to me randomly one day and he was like, dude, thank you so much for telling me to buy Apple whenever it was that I told him to, you know, cause he was just getting his feet wet into investing. And he was like, Alex, what's the safest, most no brainer thing. I was like, John, you know, I, I, I'm not an expert, but you can't get safer than Apple and Microsoft. And he, again, he just texted me, I think it was a couple of days ago, just saying how much he was up. And I was like, dude, hell yes. So love hearing that. Yeah. And I'm Tesla has been my biggest win. I mean, you never know what's going to happen with Elon. He's, he's crazy, (laughs) but I don't think Tesla is going anywhere. Um, have some Amazon, have some Walmart, um, Walmart, I think at least is always going to try to keep up with Amazon, which I think individually their stock will always keep going up because they're always going to be chasing Amazon and trying to get more and more of that market. So that's why I'm a big fan of Walmart. Um, let's see what else. Isn't it here. hilarious that they used to be, you know, everybody used to be like anti Walmart is horrible, blah, blah, blah. And now they're the little guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. hundred percent. They're the underdog. Yeah. The one other one that some people Super agree with me on this. Some people, you know, completely disagree with me. But I think Facebook is a no-brainer, aka Meta. Um, that's going to get so difficult to get used to saying. But, yeah, they're they're MV now, right? Their ticker. Um, mine hasn't changed in my portfolio, but I don't know if that's just something that. Oh, maybe it. No, you're right. I don't think it's changed yet. They're still under FB. Okay, but yeah, I mean, when you think about where VR and social media and just basically everything that Zuckerberg has done 
over the past decade, pretty much everything's been a good decision. And I mean, not a lot of people agree with his, you know, privacy and the ads and all that kind of stuff. But in terms of just looking at a stock, you know, going up or down, I think Facebook is a no brainer. Um, I'm, you know, I'm going to keep buying it. Um, I think them changing their name to Meta just kind of puts a flag in the ground, what they're going to be focusing on over the next decade. And I think we all know the metaverse and AR, VR, you know, digital experiences are going to be a big part of our future. And I think Facebook has always been on the forefront of that. Um, You know, as soon as Snapchat gets big, they buy Instagram and make Instagram stories. And, you know, as soon as crypto gets big, they completely change their name to Meta and start branding themselves as a metaverse company. And, you know, really everything they've done has been smart. And when you think about virtual reality, when you think about a virtual reality product, I mean, it's not like anybody is sitting at home every single day, like using a VR headset yet. Like that's not the world that we're in yet. But if you were to buy one, it would be probably the Facebook Oculus. Mm -hmm. And to me, that just shows how far ahead they are and how dedicated they are to the, to the technology side of it and like really actually making it a thing. So I think they are one of the few companies out there that, you know, when it comes to talking about all these trends and things for the future, I think they're one of the ones that will actually act on it and try to make it a reality. So yeah. I'm I'm kind of betting big on Facebook to be one of the, the top companies in that space. So here's my thoughts on Facebook. I, as you know, hate Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg. With that being said... He, there's there they're always one headline away from some big scandal and then it falls and then it always recovers. If there's another big dip on Facebook, as much as I don't want to make money with them, I will buy into it. So sure. I basically agree with everything that Jake just said. And he also mentioned um, Tesla. And I actually wanted to throw in, remember I, I said I had some more speculative ones. Keep an eye on Rivian, R-I-V-N. Um, they, I think they... They IPO'd like within the past month and I don't know, it might have been around 70, 80 bucks or something like that. Quickly got up over a hundred and it went on a on a run really high. I wanna I wanna say closer to two hundred. And now it's it's back to earth around a hundred, something like that, just like everything else, because everything is just getting crushed right now. But um yeah, it's the good picks, Jake. Um, anything else along those lines? Cause I know you're kinda short on time. Yeah, Rivian was um just to clarify for the audience, they got up to like 180, and they're at like That's 117 or so right now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's ridiculous how many of these things I have memorized. Like at work, people will talk to me about crypto, and they'll be like, "Have you heard of this? Whatever." I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's at you know six dollars or whatever," because <laughs> I just stare at this stuff day in day out. <laughs> Too but funny. Um, rounding out the stocks conversation, which I'm glad we're doing because we our last episode of Not Financial Advice was very um, NFT heavy. And this one, I just have some, like some general comments and not a whole lot of very specifics to talk about along those lines. Um, some of the more speculative ones to look at. Also look at Lucid Automotive, LCID. That's, you know, another one that's close to, you know, Rivian. And uh, it that one exploded. I bought in when it was half of what it is now. So that's that's been a good run. I still don't know why Roku is getting destroyed. I use a Roku device literally every day of my life. That being said, it did explode up to like $500 several months ago. And now it's it's definitely take a beating, taken a beating since then. But I think it, there's a lot of room to grow. And um, a natural uh, segue into our next conversation, I don't think it's 
too late necessarily to um, to look at Coinbase either. Uh, just Coin is their ticker. So sure. moving into crypto, and we'll finish off with NFTs. Jake, you haven't you probably haven't done a whole lot with crypto lately, have you? Um, I have I have my recurring purchases every week for love that three different things. So even if I have my weeks where I you know forget to go in and specifically buy things. It's always buying, you know, relatively small amounts of three different things every single week. So that always keeps growing, whether it's up, whether it's down. I'm kind of just betting on long term. It's going to be, you know, significantly up. So I just buy every week. I buy Ethereum. um, I buy Matic uh, or Cardano, Solana and Ethereum. Yep. Love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a a couple of fun facts. Uh, You mentioned, you know, Elon Musk's. He says something, things change, stocks go up, crypto goes up. Like he mentioned just today, he mentioned that starting sometime next year, I think they're going to, Tesla's going to accept Dogecoin for merchandise. Mm-hmm. And it Doge went up like 25% just immediately. Ridiculous. Yep. Um, and uh, another comment along the lines of, of, of general, general crypto, I just think right now everything is so down. It's one of those... You know, every few months, crypto gets eviscerated, and then it comes back twice as strong. So people who fud and freak out about it, you know, they they get in, they're like, "What the hell? Crypto sucks!" And then they sell at a loss, and then it takes off to the moon again. And if you look at that, all they see is a flat line, then it rises, and then it goes way down, and then they quit, and that's the only thing that they see in crypto. Whereas if you pull out in the big picture, you just see up, up, up down, down, up, 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 down, down. And like overall, it's just, are you in this for the short term or long term? And to that end, um, Bitcoin just within the past week hit 90% is now in circulation out of the total supply of Bitcoin that can can ever or will ever exist. So, I mean, just think about supply, supply and demand. Real simple, in my opinion, for long-term investing. But um, Are there any new coins that you've bought lately or looked into lately that you think are noteworthy for long-term or short-term, I guess? So I have so many, as you know, Jake, coins. It's ridiculous. I'm talking dozens and dozens and dozens. And some of them are very small position and some are larger. But the things I would recommend, the ones that Jake just mentioned, um, I agree with all those. uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, ADA, which is Cardano, Solana, um, and definitely Matic in my particular case. I mentioned that that's Polygon. They're the that's the network that all the DraftKings NFTs are on. A couple others that I am extremely bullish on, and they are very very uh, cheap right now in my opinion, are Algo, which you can store in a free, of course, um, Algorand wallet. They have all these governance things that you can vote on, and the community makes decisions on on as to the future of what's done with the token and staking and everything else. And one of the things that I am most bullish on and I'm really excited for is crypto.com's CRO. So um, you can go on their platform and actually get like different tiers of their debit cards. They're not credit cards. And in order to get them, you you buy and stake a certain amount of CRO for uh, six months. You can do 400, 4,000, 40,000 or 400,000. Boy, wouldn't that be nice? And that's a USD equivalent. And each card comes with a different uh, tier of bonuses and rewards and things like that. So 
that's something really cool to watch out for. I mean, I got in pretty low and it shot almost up to a dollar per per token and then it, it did fall back down. We're in the mid 50s right about now, but they just have so much stuff going on right now. They have their they have their own NFT ecosystem that I absolutely love, especially because everything's in like USD equivalent. It's really really actually it's in straight up USD. It just makes things way way easier. Um, obviously I, I love that the debit card that I have cause I get, um, cash back in crypto and I see all of these things that they keep me in the ecosystem. So I know it's keeping other people in it. And I just, I see really good things for CRO in the future. And, you know, they, I don't know, about a month ago or so, there was the news that that one arena out in Los Angeles is now crypto.com arena or something Staples like that. Center. So got the name. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're, or were the official or still are the official sponsor of UFC or one of them anyway. So just a lot of really big things happening with um, crypto.com and CRO. So keep your eyes on that. But uh, I love how extreme of a difference it is going from staples to crypto.com. Like just think of those two companies. It's funny. I, I know one is just like a complete old dinosaur that like they sell products that are, many of them are just going away because of the age that we live in and, like you said, crypto.com is completely uh, different end of the spectrum. But um, as far as, so I, I do a good bit of NFT purchasing and flipping and stuff in crypto.com's uh, ecosystem. What I have severely chilled out on is um, yeah, ones on Ethereum because I have come to I think as a as a long term like store of value, and I know how important the backbone of the Ethereum network is and all that stuff. But I have come to hate Ethereum itself. I mean, it, it's it's useless. It, it is cost prohibitively expensive to do anything. Like there are a bunch of my Ethereum NFTs, frankly, that I would like to get out of, and I can't because just listing it might cost me like $200 USD equivalent. It's absolutely ridiculous. Whereas uh, ones on Solana's network, they cost essentially nothing to to move and, and, and to list and all that stuff. Obviously, if you sell, there's royalty fees, but that's not to Solana. That's to the NFT creators. So um, if you're just trying to get your feet wet in NFTs, I would stay away from uh, Ethereum right now just in regard to, me- meaning NFTs on Ethereum, not the actual uh, uh, cryptocurrency itself, but Solana and crypto.com are very user-friendly and they're friendly to newbies. So you could come in and sort of, you know, just get your feet wet, like I mentioned, but, um, NFTs are scary. There's so much up and down and I, I never know, like, are we in a bubble? Is the bubble going to pop? Is it going to last for another two years? I don't know, but, um, really comes down to whoever's running the project. I mean, I mean, who sure. knows, obviously, but I think at the end of the day, it really comes down to who's running it because, you know, if the owner of Lazy Lions just like says, screw it, I'm done and just like goes and chills on the beach for five years, like it's right. That project is in trouble. So yeah, it really comes down exactly to the right. person. But um, speaking call. of that real quick, though, um, are you excited for your, your Gary V token to come in? So I can't wait. If anybody listened to the last Not Financial Advice episode, there was um, Jake had a tremendous windfall getting one of the original V friends, and you know he casually suggested maybe I should do it. And I, and it's not that I didn't believe it or didn't want to. It just seemed like I couldn't afford it at the time. And now in hindsight, I want to blow my head off. But uh, there was a day in August when Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, 
uh, check him out. He's like the king of everything, and he's a super savvy, smart business guy, and especially in the world of digital marketing. But he's got his hands into all kinds of different things, and he just launched his uh, new book, 12 and a Half, and on a day in August, he said, if you purchase 12, co- for every 12 copies of my book that you purchase in the next 24 hours, so it was for a very small window, he was going to send you a gift, and he basically, he all but said that it would be like an NFT of some kind. He, he just said, if you didn't make it into V friends the first time around, then you should go buy 12 copies of this book. You are going to regret it. If you don't buy 12 copies of this book, like it was a really funny little, um, live stream that he did. And Jake and I watched it together. So, um, we did that, the book launched and we're getting those soon, I think, right this month. Yeah, should be sometime around Christmas. That's what he's been saying. So, but yeah. he's been dropping a bunch of hints saying that it's going to be some kind of a game or something like that. But yeah, there was a new thing that he said to sign up for today that's called like Token Grove or something like that. And mm. he said it's going to have to do with that NFT. So I think he's trying to, if I had to guess, it's going to be some kind of gamification or something. Like I can almost picture it being like a Pokemon type of thing where it's like, you know, different cards are, you know, worth different things and stuff like that. And you can trade them, but I'm just guessing, but we'll see what happens. But either way, it'll be worth something. I'm sure. Yeah. I got to check that out. I'm looking forward to that. And speaking of gamification and and the metaverse and all that stuff earlier, the one thing that we didn't cover is just the explosive growth that we've seen in the past, I'll say two months, especially for anything, any tokens related to, um, the metaverse and, and, um, shit, I can't, I feel really stupid. There's sort of a word for all of that. It might be DeFi gaming. I don't know, but like mana, which is Decentraland and sandbox token, which is sand. The amount of money in those ecosystems now and people buying virtual real estate and stuff, like look it up. It is staggering. I mean, it will just melt your mind. And then on the complete other end of the spectrum, I loaded up on Hosky tokens, which are ridiculous it's like cardano's version of um doge basically and the creator is hilarious and he's like this is a bad project and we're promising you nothing except losing all your money and really low quality memes and people totally aped into it including myself and i have an absolute shit ton of hosky tokens and (laughs) judge away but (laughs) you just never know because we live in a really weird world I bet people were making fun of Doge whenever it was at point oh 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 one cents, you know? Yeah, anything can happen these days. AMC was worth more than like Microsoft or something at one point this it, year. So it's ridiculous. And speaking of which, those two are hammered right now, G mm-hmm. uh GME and AMC. So if you're into that whole thing, um it Good might luck. be a quote buy it might be a quote buy quote opportunity. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> emphasis on the quotes. Yeah, that's that's extremely not financial advice. But yeah. Jake, thank you, man. This was I think we wrapped this up in like basically somewhere around a half an hour, which is exactly what I was looking forward to doing. Um and speaking of financial advice and all that great stuff, don't forget um we have the Craft Heads Podcast uh Discord server and I'm gonna be up I'm gonna be updating the Patreon page. So if you wanna support us, if you're a listener, even for a dollar a month, it's patreon.com slash craftheads podcast. Um, the most important thing that that gets you access to is our Discord server. Um, I'm gonna be changing some of those tiers, uh, may, maybe even like removing or 
switching around the benefits or whatever. But the most important thing is getting into the server, especially because we do have uh, giveaways and things like that that we do. And as a matter of fact, as of December 14th, we have not done the big crypto uh, giveaway that I am doing at some point unannounced this month. And if you are a paying patron at that person, you can definitely enter. So um, look forward to, to uh, connecting with everybody on there. Uh, if you ever have any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, recommendations, craftheadspodcast at gmail.com. And uh, thank you again, Jake, for joining. And I'm going to be back here with Tommy again also within the next uh, few days. So there should be uh, this episode plus at least one more before the end of the year. Cool. And on air, I just wanted to say thank you for surprising me in Tampa for my 31st birthday not too long ago. So I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I was I, uh, I was walking in from a meeting that night and I had like 10 friends that were there saying surprise for my birthday. It was like a week before my actual birthday so that I was caught off guard. But then Kelly told me to let the dog out in the backyard and I walked back to let him out and Alex was sitting on my back patio with uh, his wife, Tara, and I lost my mind. So I appreciate it. That was uh, our absolute pleasure. We were glad to be there. And props to Kelly for, I mean, all of us, sure, but Kelly spearheaded the whole thing. And we, we've been planning on that, or we had been planning on that for like a month and a half. So it was mind-blowing when we pulled it off. And Kurt seriously had no idea. That was, was really awesome. I was shocked, but you guys Love are all legendary. <laughs> we try. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Um, we'll talk to you soon. See you on the airwaves. And um, happy financial hunting, I suppose. Sounds good. <laughs> Peace. Peace.